The host that will troll you on social media for returning to work before your work release says you're good to go. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 182. Welcome to the show, paperkeg.com, where three BFFs talk about the books they read this week. And a book club. We all read it together and talk about it. This week, Sugar Sam Humphreys, Avengers AI. Uh, so we have three hosts. You've already heard who I am. Uh, let's introduce the rest. He's VP of merch. He is Facebook phenom. He had a holiday sing-along something or other with his kids tonight. It went well, I heard. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, Dale underscore A lighting up the photo app. Recently, welcome back to the show. I'm going to try to reintegrate it back into my life to bring pleasure to others. And I think uh, we're going to see how it really works out over this holiday break. You know, feeling good about it though. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if you're feeling good, I opened up that photo app today. I saw a new post from Dale. Saw a new post from Birthday Boy Catcher, who designed our episode art, show art. I looked up and I, I said that I'm truly blessed, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you. Yeah, I agree. And and I I, and Catcher the Birthday Boy blessed to have you, in our lives as well. Yeah. It's there's there's reciprocal bless blessings. There's a lot of blessings happening. Uh, no more so than one uh, least favorite. Least popular, yeah, he's, yeah, he's least, work. I don't know, Entertaining. blessed member of the show. The least healthy, um, least blessed. <laughs> he alluded to the fact that uh, earlier, you know, he had Legionnaire's disease last week and thought it was a good idea to go back to work like the next day. Some tough guy over <laughs> here thinks he, thinks he can just beat disease. Welcome back to the show, Jonesy Loves Beer. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I announced on the social media network site Twitter today uh, that I had a huge announcement, and it is earth-shattering, and I'm going to involve our dear friends who listen to this program in the announcement. Now, you see, friends, when you have a staph infection in a leg, it can make it go very large. So they give you this pill called hydrochlorothiazide, or on the street the kids call it H-C-T-Z. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
one of the expected side effects is you pee a lot. So uh, I've been on this tablet for about four days and uh, have peed probably, with no exaggeration, 7,000 times in wow. four days. And uh, I'm going to have to be taking some potty breaks, most likely, uh, during this program. So in order to soften the blow, if you will, uh, I invite all the folks who drink during this program, whenever I leave, I'm just going to announce water pill, and you must finish whatever alcohol beverage you are drinking at that Jesus. particular time. So if you're drink, if you're like Dale, if you've got an eight ounce Dixie cup of uh, scotch, then uh, pinch your nose and finish it, friend, because okay. water pill. Uh, you know, just another way uh, us at the Paper Keg family are trying to make this show interactive, and uh, <laughs> thank you all for participating. And make you remember uh, fall going upstairs as you climb your way to your bedroom from your from your uh, podcast watching station in the basement. Drink, finishing your eight ounce ninety proof. <laughs> I remember Jonesy tweeted this out uh, about big news. I was like, "Oh, very cool! I can't wait to hear what it is on the show tonight. I'm I'm eager to be surprised." <laughs> Two seconds later, we get a group text. He just tells us what it is. Hey, I got to pee a lot. That's the announcement. The big announcement. The sign, guys. veil of secrecy Ripped was away. yanked to wipe our butt cheeks mm-hmm. with. That's what happened. That's just a little insight into the show, inner workings. What are behind the scenes? Jonesy, probably yeah. these guys are probably chomping at the bit to hear what's going on, so I'm just going to tell them. I'm just Biting his lower lip, yeah. rocking back and forth, waiting. While he's Actually, at the I was urinal. just still on the urinal from the previous time I had tweeted, so it's like, oh, I'm bored now. I should on just text urinal. it out. You know, what is happening over there? You have uh, a urinal built into your home that you sit on. I should I, I even ask? I need this device for the amount of times that urine is passing through my body. It's he frequent. Probably, guys. He probably has some sort of a hunter's pee cup strapped inside of his pants right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like a gun sheath, but for urine. Yeah, it's really it just a Snapple sheath. bottle with a bunch of rubber bands. I mean, oh, that's no. what I got going on. That's hor- uh, that is horrifying. And when his, I apologize to our listeners. And when his tip begins resting into in the uh, the full <laughs> thing, that's when he's got to go empty. <laughs> what a show we have planned! <laughs> Avengers AI. Sam Humphreys is back on Snap the show. Catheter, we can call it. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the last time we talked about uh, Sugar Sam. Dale had read mm. uh, his creator-owned book. It warped him mentally, mm. physically, psychologically scarred. So I'm anxious for us to get into the round table right around the 30-minute mark, we'll say, for this episode. Yeah, we'll say. We will say. <laughs> and then we'll read your letters to close out the show. I don't even know if we have letters. If we have them, if we have time, we'll get into them. Uh, but we need to talk about what we read this week. Mm. Jonesy loves beer. You almost died Two recently, um, and you decided, you know what? I'm alive. I've got a wife. I've got a son. I need to get back to work. <laughs> Who cares about my health? <laughs> Who gives an ass? Is my what legacy. you said in the mirror as you were probably slouched on the floor. What did you read this week? Probably uh, shaving because work makes you shave every day. I do. I do have to shave every day for work. Um, like Tom Cruise and his tidy whities hunched over the sink, thinking about Goose as he shaves. 
I like how you say goose. It sounds like there's Geuse. a U in there somewhere. Geuse. Geuse. I'm, I'm particularly fond of the way he says woof. No, I'm, I'm reformed. I'm, current, I'm reforming that. No, you're not. Wolf. Say it. Say the wolf of Wall Street. Wolf. The wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, we all had a good effing laugh over there. <laughs> piece of crap. Big piece of dookie. <laughs> Shadow Show, number two. Uh, stories and celebration of Ray Bradbury. Uh, to answer the question from, I think, last episode, uh, they all are uh, dedicated to Ray. Uh, this particular issue has two stories. One is an adaptation of a uh, short story that Neil Gaiman wrote. You remember Neil Gaiman from um, Sandman, beloved uh, Return to Paper Cake last year. Uh, and it is adapted for this by Mort Castle. Backup story by Audrey Niffenerger, uh called Backward in Seville. <clears throat> Audrey, I apologize for uh, calculatingly destroying your last name. Uh, this particular set of stories is um, like a man in a room, like in a confessional almost, and he cannot remember certain words, certain important words, um, and he is kind of explaining to the audience how he tries to trick his mind into remembering uh, these important phrases that he can no longer... He knows what their meaning are, but he can, he just can't remember them from his vocabulary. And come to find out at the end of the story, it's all important words and titles for Ray Bradbury books. And it's adapted from a story that Neil Gaiman tells that you know Neil had a personal relationship with Ray and... <clears throat> had a strange experience where he was trying to recall Ray's name. He could recall all of his works of fiction, the personal conversations he had with him, but for some reason, a trick of the mind, he couldn't put Ray Bradbury's name to it. So he sat down and with a pen and paper wrote this short story of how he remembered who Ray Bradbury was, and they made a comic about it. And it's a very personal one-on-one issue, a very loving tribute to Ray Bradbury. Awesome issue. Um, and the backup story, Backward in Seville, is back to that Twilight Zone format that I talked about uh, previously. It's about a young lady who, very close relationship with her father. Uh, they both go through some pretty tumultuous uh, health and personal issues. And the young lady, uh, while in Seville, says, I wish... I could give my half of a life that I have left to my father who's very ill because he's always been this loving person who's enjoyed life to the fullest and she's always been kind of quiet and recluse and doesn't want much to do with the world. And just like the Twilight Zone, the end of the story, you're left to wonder, did she really do that? (laughs) It feels to her like she's gotten older, but you don't necessarily get to see her as an old woman, so you're left to... And it's a six-page story, and that's that's the subject matter in six pages, and it conveys it so very well. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the best book of 2014. This is one of the most amazing comics that I've ever read in my entire life. Man. Shadow Show. I feel like you also talked about it last week or the week before, right? Maybe two weeks ago? One one week ago, maybe. Maybe one, I'm sorry. You know, it all Who? blends together when you're deathbed. <laughs> What's the publisher uh, on this, Jonesy? <clears throat> IDW. Oh. ID yeah. Dubs. 
I mean, it's just uh, man I, touches I, me in a very personal way. It's yeah. just an amazing, and in this medium, it's, I mean, I can't tell you enough that maybe one of the best top ten comics I've read my entire life. Oh my! There's only two issues in. Good heavens! Not Ray Bradbury, though. I mean, that's noted. Ray Bradbury fan. Chenzi loves beer. Swears by him. Does Ray's always? I do now. Just the other day at our uh, PK gathering Christmas party, I mean, mm-hmm. he was just going on and on about Ray Bradbury. We're just like, was, you know, our wives are there, our kids are playing, and we're just like, Jonesy. My okay. wife's just rolling her eyes again. There he goes, just talking like, about yeah. Ray again. Yeah, we all thought it was weird when Jonesy pulled out this Ray Bradbury rubber mask that he wore yeah, for the was, entire day. God, that's but, I didn't he, understand it. And he made us act like there was no weirdness. Yeah, he wanted us to call him Ray. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was certainly, it was out of sight. It was out of sight. It was. I uh, just poured any, them all like, glasses of alcohol with RB and frosted initials. Remember how the, the mask glasses. is like the mask wouldn't move, but he just like kept shoving the cookies into the mouth hole <laughs> and the crumbs would like just come out the front. But he was chewing behind the mask. And how my I son mean, couldn't some... stop crying, but I just kept smacking him and putting him in the back bedroom until he called me Ray instead of Daddy. I mean, it was I... worth it in the end. It was something else. It was. We need. F- we need to move on. We're running out of tape. You don't think we took that too far, guys? You don't think I troll uh, just went a little too a far? A book that I read. Remember when Ray Bradbury kept taking water pills and talking about how he <laughs> peed? Ray goes. Ray's going to go pee now. He would say. <laughs> Do we want to talk about? I have three options. I don't know which one I want to talk about. Whoa, we have the new Captain America that just came out. Falcon Cap. We have Batman and Robin, Robin Rises, I read, or Batman Endgame by Snyder Capullo. Please talk about Robin Rises. Robin Rises. Jonesy is doing something into his catheter off mic. I can't really make it make it out. You but... Something alone to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what toilet? You're on the couch, but you're bent over. I've I, don't plumbed, know, I, I don't even know about I've what you'd answer that. I've plumbed a new toilet. Uh, into the coffee room. Uh, Batman and Robin. Robin rises. He's probably just using a Rubbermaid tub as his temporary holding. <laughs> He's just <laughs> splashing it down in there. It's just the way you said dumping a load was just <laughs> probably the most repulsive thing I've ever heard. And it made me laugh. <laughs> Batman and Robin. we got to get back on course here. We're losing it. Batman and Robin. Robin rises. Listen, I'll tell you something. You might not realize I'm a father. I have a son. Sure. So when Damien died and Batman went cuckoo bananas in this title and started trying to figure out how he can bring his son back, I felt for him. I was like, Bruce, you and me, bud. I'm with you. So this whole series for like the past, I don't know, since Robin died... He's been going kind of nutso trying to get his son back. And now he finally is at a point where it might happen. He's tracked down Robin's cor- uh, corpse and coffin to Apocalypse. <laughs> and Darkseid, Darkseid's son needs Robin's corpse along with like you know eight other celestial knickknacks to do something evil. doesn't really matter. McGuffin-y. So Batman is wearing... So he has traveled to Apocalypse... His uh, bat family has decided to come help him against his wishes, and they're all wearing modified costumes that look like Robin's costume. Pretty awesome. That's neat. And Batman is wearing this Batman Beyond-esque 
BA suit. Uh, hold on, buying right now. And right it now. is, it just makes things happen in my body that usually happens elsewhere. Did you Not perhaps strap onto the toilet while reading this? And the, I mean, the writing is just so good because Batman has one singular goal, and that's to bring back Damien from the dead. And he'll do anything, whatever it takes to get there. And just the journey is just so, I'm emotionally invested in it. This is like the first book that I read every time it comes out. And it finally comes to a head in this issue. So now, if you hadn't been reading, now is the time to go and read like the last four or five issues all in one shot. And is it Batman and Robin or is it Robin Yeah, Batman and Robin proper. proper. The storyline is called Robin Rises, Mm -hmm. but I think there's one issue where it all started. I think it might have been an annual called Robin Rises Alpha or Omega because I think the next issue in the storyline is another Robin Rises one shot. And um, the art is just phenomenal. This Patrick uh, Gleason cat is just so on point. It's it's magical stuff. You got to read it. That's all I can say. He's been, I mean, this because I'm surprised that this title has just been going on. It's been like a Batman team-up book for, mm-hmm. I mean, Robin's been dead for like a year now, at least a year and a half maybe. Yeah, early on in the story, he befriended that Frankenstein character. And he, he like worked with him to figure out how to turn his son into Frankenstein as to like Jesus. bring him back. Like he was really like psychotic in trying to bring Damien back. So gradually he's like returned to a normalcy and now he's like so close to bring him back where everything is planned out meticulously and mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous stuff. Really, really amazing looking. And I've kind of like pulled back on following comic news and stuff but i hope that like there's a huge buzz about robin coming back possibly because that's what they've been building too yeah honest to goodness it's been they've just been doing a good job of keeping it kind of to that title because i don't know anything about robin coming back so that's kind of cool that it it's contained in that one title but it's pretty big news mm-hmm. to get to finally be able to get damien's corpse back so we can bury it next to church the black cat and uh, sometimes when they come back, yeah, you know, it's, he's going to be in the cemetery. Yep, just waiting for that moment. The son gets hit by a car. The little shoe goes flying in the street. Oh God! Tumbling down and that. Uh, cuts up the neighbor. Cuts up the neighbor's lip. Pretty bad. <laughs> so that's Batman and Robin. I highly recommend it. Dale underscore A, your VP of merch, VP of sales, VP prom- promos, email marketing. You've got it all covered. What what did you read this week? I read, uh, was off my radar again until a dear friend tweeted about it. Rumble, number one. Oh, yeah. It's an image image comic. came out this week. Uh, John Arcudi. Art by James Harron. And let me tell you about this James Harron fellow. Mm-hmm. Few and far between, I get to read issues featuring art by James Harron. I first discovered him on uh, Brian Wood's Conan. He did a couple issues after Becky Cloonan. I immediately fell in love with his art style. Immediately. I know he does a lot of BPRD, and that's kind of one of those titles I'm very intimidated to jump in. I don't know why, because, uh, you know, other superhero, superhero comics, I would just immediately jump into 
but uh, BPRD I haven't really checked out. So um, he did a, the he did a, a variant of Six Gun Gorilla issue number one. Mm. But uh, James Harron and John Arcudi, it's Rumble number one is about it's a, it's a big big setup issue, but it's basically about this kind of scarecrow god. That's the best way I could phrase it. He comes back uh, from somewhere. You don't know yet, but he he busts his way into this rundown dive bar where the bartender and this drunk are talking, and he he seems to have an agenda with the bar patron. Cuts off his arm, as a matter of fact. Like he knows who this bar patron is and maybe the bar patron knows who the scarecrow god is and uh, that cuts off his arm bartender goes back to dial 911 in this rundown part of town and 911 shows up he comes out of the back room scarecrow's gone the bar patron's gone and uh, the sword is still there this huge sword that the scarecrow bring, brings in but um, the, the bar, the bartender like wraps up the sword and carries it down the road. He's trying to, f- trying to find a car, his bum a ride from his friend's mom because <laughs> uh, nobody has anything, a pot to, or a, a hunter's, a snap pe- a bottle to pee in. Hunter's pee cup that tapes to a leg to pee in like <laughs> Jonesy would have. Um, and that's basically it. There's implication that there's a, a, a a zombie cat. There's a cat that loses his life but comes back to life, a la Pet Cemetery. Um, it's a very big setup issue, but with James Harron's art and the the premise so far, I don't know what's happening. So I, I'm not turned off in any way. I'm, my interest is very peaked in this issue. I highly recommend checking it out. Dave Stewart, the uh, the Lord and Savior of comic coloring. I mean, that guy can, can do I, no wrong in my eyes. Can I tell you, right now I read this, and the coloring was amazing. Right? It right? Was, it, I'm so glad you read this it. this weird, awesome, like, it, for whatever reason, the coloring reminded me of the vibe looking back on Judgment Night with Emilio Estevez. I don't know why, mm. but it just created this this really 3 a.m. vibe. You're in a weirdo town, but there's something... Like um, like s- s- next level about the town. It was just next level gorgeous. His yeah. stuff and the art. James Heron. My gosh. I'm so glad you read it. I'm so glad Thank you read it. Thanks. Yeah, the colors are were just. I mean, Dave Stewart is just he amazing. He just captures the vibe of the setting of anything he's coloring and executes amazingly. And your you that Judgment Night vibe is a great. Great observation. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's just this super rundown te- city. There's nothing redeeming quality about it, and it's just captured in the colors and the art. James Heron's people that he draws. I mean, everything about it is just something special. How how great was the little intro to the what I assume is the main character, this kind of almost loser kid, talking about how this girl broke up with him, but he's going to... He's going to find someone even hotter, and his fantasy is like him walking with this new future girlfriend in front of his ex. I mean, it's just like the guy that just like at the lowest point, and he's talking himself out of it in front of this patron. I thought it was really well written. 
Like he considers joining the military because it'd be hotter for this girl to know that he was like a, a hero. It was right, and was even then, cool. if he lost a limb, he's like, "Yeah, but he's like, who cares? You know, maybe <laughs> chicks might enjoy me. You know, missing yeah. parts of my body." Yeah, really great, really, really great. Highly recommend you guys check. I it am out. bummed that I did not check this out. Too busy reading Shadow Show, you know, again, weeping again. into your iPad. And that's and not. Maybe that's a side effect of your drugs. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's actually no title called Shadow Show. That's all been a construct in my own mind. I believe it. Uh, two sentences or less. Another book that you read before we get into Avengers AI. Jonesy, please. Batman issue number thirty-seven, Endgame part three. Oh. I am so emotional. I don't know if it's the drink or the drug, but the closing of this title is making me weep. What what drink are you having right now? Uh, it's tea. Oh, good, good. Can't can't drink the booze. Lightning restrictions. Lightning, thank God. <laughs> Captain America. Numero Dos, Rick Remendo, and Stort Imminent. We should be thankful that we live in a world where Stort Imminent and his crew are producing a monthly comic book. He could be... I don't know what he's doing in comic books. He doesn't need to be here. He should be making tons of cash elsewhere. We live in amazing times. He's a hero. Amazing art. Two sentences. That was two sentences. Silver Surfer, number seven. Really sweet one shot about the surfer taking his companion Dawn into the depths of space that he's never explored and almost loses her. He... montages the issue about how Dawn's touched his life in so many ways already. And this book is just such a sweet book to be reading. Was Neil deGrasse Tyson in this book at all? <laughs> he, uh, he, I couldn't tell if it was him or just him wearing a Ray Bradbury mask, but somebody was <laughs> in it. Somebody was in it. Avengers AI. Sam Humphreys and Andre Lima Arroyo. Jonesy, please. Avengers AI, what is it? So Hank Pym. You know this guy? He, uh, you know, he's a bipolar kind of pain in the butt scientist. Also happens to be a little-known superhero called Ant-Man, a founding member of the Avengers. He has created AI, artificial intelligence. And in this title, the descendants of Ultron, this AI he's created, have become not only just sentient individual programs, uh, such as the Vision, but they've grown into a society. And one particular 
AI made by Hank that was created to destroy Ultron in the Age of Ultron. Um, Demetrios, as it's called, is uh, rebelling. It's become the bad AI. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent uh, Monica Chang is sent to kind of run the team that's going to destroy Demetrios and kind of rein Hank Pym back in. The Avengers AI team consists of the Vision, the, I guess, the quintessential, that's a joke, right? Quintessential Avengers AI is the leader of the team. A reprogrammed, reprocessed Doombot, uh, who is by far the best character in this series. Uh, you have um, Vision's younger brother slash Hank Pym's second creation, uh, known as Victor Mancha? Mancha? He's a robot as well. And you have Hank rallying out the team. And they are the protectors of this new society of AI, these new life forms. And they not only are trying to stop Demetrios, if it is Demetrios, but they're also trying to get the world to accept AI as a new life form, as a new society on the planet that is worthy of life and to be accepted while S.H.I.E.L.D. has its own agenda to save the planet by eradicating AI as they know it. And thus you have the primary struggle of Avengers AI. Great synopsis, as always, Jonesy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Just fantastic. Blessed. Don't, don't try me, bro. Don't try to me. To have you with us. Daniel underscore A, the world is waiting. <laughs> with bated breath, what you... What you're feeling right now, what you felt while reading, mm. where are you at right now? Let me process. I'm, I'm just trying to process all this. You know what I mean? And just let it slip on out in slow, steady sentences that would under, make you people understand what I'm trying to say. You people. Uh, Avengers AI. I really, really liked I can offer no explanation as to I can I can offer no explanation. I can try to talk my way out of it, but this is a title that I definitely did not have any interest in reading when it came out. Uh maybe it's because budgetary things and just like this is an some ancillary Avengers book. This book felt like it could be just a creator-owned property. It just so happened to have, like, like bench-warming Avengers characters in it. It could have very well been just a like a, issues one through six of an Image comic, for instance. I think, in in and and have it work. Sugar Sam could have written it. He could have had you know. Men humping dogs in the background, mineral love, you know, just to fit kind of into the world that he likes to create, and and I have to read for Pollyanna. Um, yeah, Avengers AI, I I really loved, and I love the cast of characters. I love the plot. I love how it made sense. It, Sam Humphreys did a great job of taking something very what could have been very badly written and confusing 
a la Hickman, yeah, something like that. that. Hickman wrote this, but but made it digestible enough to understand all of what's happening. He, you know, there's some real life stuff. Hank Pym reveal. I don't know if this is his first reveal, but he has bipolar issues, and that's kind of like real life stuff. Um, I, I, I really liked it. I don't. I can. I can understand. I think. I think it got canceled like last April. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there might be twelve or fourteen issues out, but I, I like the chance they took on this book. Marvel took a chance on this. And it lasted 12 or 14 issues, which is really cool. Um, they put, they had to call it Avengers AI probably to try to make it sell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it was a huge gamble. And slapping, and I think this is around the time Marvel Now where they they slapped the Avengers name on a lot of things, which was just the kids in Battle Royale, mm-hmm. Hunger Games type deal. And that was a huge risk, but with the Avengers name, it, Lasted a pretty long time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I really had a lot of fun reading Avengers. Yeah, I, I had read the first two issues ages ago, and then it just kind of fell off the the wagon for books that I would that I had time to read, and just really, really fun, funny, well drawn. I mean, the art on the first three or four issues where that artist stayed on, like staggering detail Mm -hmm. gorgeous art and which what i loved in reading this again was he even had fun with that art like he referenced uh moibius style of the panel layout there was a lot of akira homages that i saw where he he called out otomo in some of the panels and really like you could tell the artist was having fun and he had the time or wherewithal to add in some homages to i guess his favorite work like akira and yeah. you could see it and just the, the sentinel artwork just the styling of how he would put the the you know the characters on the page it's very dynamically done i loved his art in this book and it felt like the whole creative team had a lot of fun doing it plus doombot was hilarious yeah i could i could totally sam humphreys could do a 20 issue limited Doombot series and I would collect each each issue and put it in a binder and never touch it for fear of destroying the issues. Uh, what an amazing uh, big character that was not the only comedy relief but certainly the most potent comedy relief of this whole really heavy subject matter when you get down to it. You know, we as a people discover or basically create a new life form and uh, you know we're we're a culture that speaks out against genocide, but everyone is just willing to do it immediately for fear of AI. And to balance that with the, the some of the snappiest one-liners from Doombot and almost any panel he's in, mm-hmm. I mean uh, that's Sam Humphreys has got it. Whatever it is that makes somebody mm-hmm. a good writer, Sam Humphreys has got it. And uh, to your point, Slim, the art like uh, just that interrogation scene. Uh, where Hank Pym tries to grow out of the shield um, interrogation room, and the and Monica is just sitting there with that clicker, making him shrink back to normal size, and you just see how the growth factor distorts his features, and uh, you know, kind of makes him a caricature of a person. I mean, that art 
I don't think any other style would have worked as great as telling the story visually than this did in those first couple issues. Yeah, and when Slim said the uh, the Sentinel art, that really stood out to me because it was very, it was a very organic looking Sentinel with these very um, manga kind of lines to it. You think of a Sentinel as these perfectly circles and squares and rectangles and and you know cones and spheres and things, but this this Sentinel that was reprogrammed to just kill humans was just very organic and. Uh, you know what? Very unique. It reminded me of Dale was that um, God, what, I can now I can't think of the name of it. But what is that? It's a, it's a huge popular anime where the Batman. main thing no the main thing is a big purple Dragon uh, Ball Z robot. No, 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 no. I'm gonna think of it. But Ultron. the main character is a big purple. Big O. No. Come on. Ultraman. Come on, no. Ultraman was great though. Beta capsule. Um, <laughs> Jesus. That's a callback right there. Uh, come on. Um, How about, enough about Jonesy wasting time here. Neon, neon Genesis. Neon Evangelion. Genesis. Yes, yes, yes. That, that purple sentinel reminds me of that robot from Evangelion. Evangelion. <laughs> God, I just PO'd so many anime fans. With my lack of knowledge, they just took the samurai sword and just plunged it right. into their gut. Harry as, Carey, as you were right? Saying. Futuristic the samurai sword. The diamond uh, artwork, amazing. Just showing what this AI Sim City would look like. I just yeah. couldn't get over the the amount of design and and work spent on just illustrating how well that looked. I loved how the main villain was an old. Iron Man suit that had AI and that's the kind of caricature that the host chose and I, I just loved that little nod to you know the Avengers it just played so very well yeah the um, it, there was a lot of those touches really gave the book a lot of personality when the um, the life model decoy that like went rogue from the 70s so she looks like a 70s roller skater like to, she was there to in the 70s, S.H.I.E.L.D. would use her to infiltrate, like, teen gangs and stuff like that. So she looked like something out of the 70s and stuff. So she had that personality, and that's the personality she presumed she was just rewritten with the AI of, you know, being on Demetrius's team. But the little touches like that really made this book stand out with, like, pers- a whole lot of personality that I would ever gave the book credit for by just looking at it on the comic book stand, honestly. How about uh, that scene where, you know... Uh Ch- Agent Chang is kind of like a categorical failure at her job, and then um, Maria Hill kind of fires her and hires her back to lead a new branch of the AI team. And like how she introduces her new job is they find that uh, that AIM LMD that went rogue in the '60s, and it's just been an old man feeding ducks for like 50 years. <laughs> and so they're like, "You have to understand, that you got to kill all AI." And they explain to her, well, what do you want me to do? Kill this bird man? And they have, like, some sniper just shoot him through the head. She's like, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. Good, bad, whatever. We're killing them all. And it's literally a robot that's only programming is to feed ducks in a park every Sunday for, like, 68 years. How amazing, and, too, was that large laser beam 
from space that just like cut yeah. down at an like, angle, went through his skull and into the ground. I like honed in from yeah. from the sky. I like how Maria Hill thought she liked liked her gumption because she pulled up the tape of her standing up to Captain America and like basically Monica Chang said to Cap like I'm the queen bee that's going to kill all these robots or something like put an end mm-hmm. to this robot menace. Yeah. And Captain America's just be- bewildered his face just like, "Oh man, okay." The um vision stuff was cool. I actually don't think I've ever really read a lot of vision stuff, but I liked his updated costume. I loved yeah. his updated powers. Um I, I liked I liked the idea of him going into this AI sim city and being in love with it because it's everything he never had. But I felt like his ease into their cause happened a little too fast for me. But that was my only nitpick I think that was kind of book. explained away by the malware scenario. Was it? The, yeah, I, it, well, the, uh, Demetrios uploads uh, malware as soon as he enters the diamond so that the vision is like immediately susceptible to like hmm. emotional programming to save the people of the diamond. Interesting. I mean, that's how it kind of clicked for me. I didn't. I uh, I he, felt the same thing. Slim thought like it's just a little too convenient, but I can understand. I can understand why they did it for the storytelling, but he was he was very easily convinced that maybe he should be there spokesperson or their de facto leader mm-hmm. because they thought he you know he's the 1.0 he's the original OG and like you said I I when I think of old school avengers I think of the vision but I honestly have no interest in the in the vision uh he was a character in that arcade game so maybe you know I played him every now and again in the uh the avengers arcade game or whatever that was mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't read a whole lot in it, and I, I've never ha- found him interesting as a character, but I like how basically he had a reason for being in this book, like to be a liaison to this, basically this entire world that's in this little tiny diamond of a server where these AIs exist virtually but he you know he can see them and he can interpret them for us the readers what what the world looks like but it really gave him a sense of purpose and it gave me a a reason to read him having a sense of purpose if that makes sense like he made the most sense to me in this capacity yeah i i, I totally get what you're saying i mean it's kind of like a throwaway avenger to me i i mean mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't it's... read Avengers before Bendis brought the new Avengers. Like, now I know the classic lineup because I've kind of followed it since then. But, like, if you're talking about classic Avengers with Vision, like, yeah, I would have zero point of reference. Mm-hmm. And, the, uh, and also there's the... What's her name? Chang? Monica Chang? Uh, no, it's I want to say Equinox, but that's not it. The, Elise? The she turns purple? out to be... Dim- yeah, yeah, she turns out to be Demetrios's sister, and they find her in a hospital. And uh, she seems to be quite powerful. She is AI, but she's ca- kind of also a member of the Avengers AI team. She's the protector, but mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't know a whole lot about herself, and that's that's wrapped up. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's wrapped up in the in the second volume. There's two volumes to this total. Um, 
Yeah, first issue and or the first trade ends in the reveal of who Demetria Demetrius is, and it wasn't who I was expecting. I don't know who I was expecting. At one point, I kind of was waiting for a Hank Pym LMD to show up inside the mask or something. Mm-hmm. That would have made more sense to me, to be honest. But it definitely wasn't the direction I was expecting at all. So I'm interested to see where it goes. It wasn't, you know, a, a character that was right in front of you the whole time, which I which I which I liked, but it definitely wasn't who I was expecting. This and an- another maybe um observation i don't know if it's a stick it's a sticking point or a niggling point for me but uh, we read the first arc the first six issues and it's apparent that there is a very ambitious storyline happening because the storyline's not even really wrapped up after the first six issues so i'm assuming it's like the long game like all 12 or 14 issues it takes a wrap up the storyline i like that like I like we said, that's another chance that Marvel took, but I don't know if that you know if that helped or hurt a book like this. Yeah, because Be- you like to get a contained story if you get a trade of a title, yes. especially the first one. Yes, especially for a book that's taking such a chance on creativity as this. Because it's not really an Avengers book. It doesn't like where does it fit in the Marvel universe? It certainly has a, a great premise and storyline. But do you call it an Avengers book and and have this kind of premise? Do people feel betrayed? Hank Pym's Freedom Fighters. There you go. It's a title for you. <laughs> Gem and the Pimbots. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that one? Yeah, that, really. You can't just pull that one out of nowhere. I did just pull that right out of nowhere. Where's your notes? You got cue cards in front of you right now? Uh, you show, cards? show writer over here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a, that's Avengers AI. Really enjoyed it. Glad that we turned Dale around. Mm-hmm. You know, full 180. We did it, folks. And it was, I mean, it was cool. It was just like, it was kind of like old school it felt like an old school kind of comic. We've we've read, we read, we go out of our way to read everything, you know, and and to find to come back to something that feels like a comic book, and it's not all weighty and soul searching and stuff like that. It's just a nice adventure that's a little out of the norm of the uh, you know the, some of the typical teams or lineups that we read. It was, it was really cool. I really liked it. I'm glad I liked it because uh, it's something I would have never paid attention to, ever. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. If you want to write us a letter, we might read it on the. Uh, our first letter comes to us from dear friend bruiser underscore dog on the twitters Joe Crouch and he writes good day gentlemen I like where this is going already Uh, writing today to ask a question about comics in a digital format since I have started religiously listening to paper cake I've become more interested in reading comics digitally. 
I have acquired several great collections from Humble Bundle, picked up some cool stuff from a Comixology sale, and most recently have begun to redeem my Marvel digital codes. Up, up until now, I have been reading these on either my fiance's Kindle or my phone. I'm now looking to get a tablet of my own, and I thought the best place to look would be tablets with external memory drives. This leads to my question, how do y'all maintain your digital collections? Do you download everything onto external memory? Do you download, read, and delete? Any suggestions on the best tablet e-readers? Personally, not a huge Apple fan, too cross-prohibitive. And advice would be really help me. It would really help me make this decision. On a different note, Jonesy, I know the boys like to give you a hard time. Uh, you don't know the half of it, Bruiser Dog. Uh, and let's be honest, listening to the Troll Shields hit critical mass and implode can be very funny. Uh, but if I could pick only one member of the cast to put on a good drunk with, it would be you, sir. Let's face it, two caramel vodkas and Slim is three sheets to the wind. And if I am out drinking and end up in a murder alley, I want someone with me that isn't going to try and take a nap in their own vomit. <laughs> <laughs> so keep fighting the good fight. They only troll you because they want to be you. Uh, P.S. How did this get made? Brilliant. Can't stop listening. Thank you so much for the recommendation. Uh, that's Joe Crouch. Bruiser underscore dog on the Twitters. Of course, referring to the most famous paper cake incident of all when Dale proceeded to take a nap on the cold concrete and consistently tried to roll in his own sick uh, after a, <laughs> okay. a long okay. night of drinking. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, to answer your question... I personally love the iPad for reading comics, and I use uh, Comixology exclusively, so I always have my collection in the cl in the cloud. Yeah, Joseph, um, I don't, I'm not hung up on downloading all my comics and keeping them on external memory. Like, I don't think my personal opinion would be just to get a tablet that has enough room to download the apps you need. Uh, downloading all of your comics all at once is is not something I would worry about. I know there are a lot of folks out there. Maybe maybe still it's an issue for people. I, you know, if I were on some sort of support team who gets trolled probably daily on DRM type issues, I would be able to reveal that kind of information. But I know when Comicsology launched Marvel or DC a few years back. You know, there was all kinds of talk about DRM and really owning the comic or whatever. But my personal gut feeling is, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not prepared for some weird DRM discussion. But I don't. I, all my comics in Comicsology are in the cloud and available for me to download anytime I want. I, do I feel at any time that Comicsology? is going to go belly up and screw me over for my comics. No, I don't feel that like that in any way. If I mean, Amazon owns Comixology now, so something... I, I don't believe that they're just going to up and vanish. So, um, you could. I think you could... Speaking to Comixology in this instance, I think you could probably put your faith in the fact that your comics will be in the cloud, ready to download whenever you want. I mean, I, Amazon... Slash comic, and this is it's it's weird. I'm talking about it. We we know Slim works disclaimer for Comicsology, but you know his. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't ever put him on any kind of spot for any kind of weird discussion. But you want to get weird? 
You want to get nuts? <laughs> Wish I had that sounder still on my phone. Get out! I use a tablet, and I don't keep stuff on there. The only reason I would keep stuff on there, I used to keep Fell and Planetary on my tablet at all times. Discover Good choices. Planetary Omnibus. But those were the only ones. And then, But I delete whatever I read, and I keep whatever I need to talk about for a podcast, and then I delete it. Otherwise, I'll just forget about it. Right. And then, also, you should know, if you're going to get an Android tablet, you can't even use our app with external storage. So, oh. FYI. There you go. Internal storage only. But Nexus 7s are really cheap. You can get a Nexus 7 for like 150 bucks on eBay. It's a Retina, 7 inches. Yeah, they got a really nice screen on on those, mm. I know. Love me some Retina 7 inches. Slim, how was the... You had a Kindle. Yeah, liked it a lot, actually. Kindle HDX, 8-inch. And our app is glorious glorious on that. And I, t- I say this every time, but if you have Amazon Instant Streaming, you can download the videos to the Kindle for offline viewing. It's not for every video on an Instant, but every video I tried had it. Mm, so I ride the train, the quiet car, and I go through a tunnel. So I could just, you know, download Kiefer Sutherland uh, Season 1 of 24 and watch that on the train. Mm, there you have enough it. room? You had enough room on that thing? Yeah, you can choose like SD or... Oh, okay. you, I think you can choose like medium, high, or best quality for the video. So it was pretty cool. And it's only for Kindle devices. But yeah, between like Nexus devices and Kindles, Kindle you can't really go wrong. Plus the Kindles are like crazy cheap. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, they are. 20 bucks or something. It's something absolutely outrageous. So that, yeah, Kindle Fire HD is getting... Some slam and reviews. You can get an, a Kindle each Kindle. Uh, they don't call them. They're not Kindles anymore. They're just called Fire devices. Oh, sorry. You can get a Fire <laughs> six inch that they like market to kids and like mothers mm-hmm. for a hundred bucks. Yeah, hundred bucks. Yeah, that's. I mean, and and honestly, if my personal my personal opinion, I have an iPad three, which is I think the first or second H, HD or Retina generation, but I use it mostly for comics. So if I were ever to get a new tablet, like I'm not gonna, I'm not super hung up on the ecosystem and how apps or or reviews because I'm just gonna use Comicsology anyway. Yeah. So and and that's pretty much the same, pretty much the same experience once you open up a comic book anyway. You're gonna get your mm-hmm. awesome guided view, and you're gonna get your comics. So I th- I don't think you can go wrong for with something cheaper in the Android. Definitely go cheaper. I used to be a huge iPad tablet raw raw person and then i just realized the only thing i ever use it for is reading comics mm-hmm. and stuff i don't i mean i don't think it's worth a couple hundred bucks you get like a hundred and like i said nexus 7 or a nexus 9 or 10 whatever the heck those things are you can get you can probably get them for cheaper than an ipad at this point although they're also selling ipad minis for like 200 bucks so who knows as long as it's retina oh yeah gotta go retina gotta go retina Retina. Um, so that, thanks for that question. I mean, it's uh, it's really cool that you're getting into digital comics. That's awesome. And you're one uh, di- of us now. Digital that. redemption codes. Man, I use that weekly. I love the digital redemption codes Marvel has. That they are absolutely the f- fringe benefit of Marvel comics. I love them. I love them. And Jonesy, I would want to be Jonesy too. Out of the three of us. Oh, stop. Not, maybe not now because he's got like staph infection in his leg 
and he's probably peeing himself right now. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> but, you know, after Christmas, after peak season, you know. Where I, like I work at the local Starbucks, I'm a barista by trade. Barista. barista. Do we have that? Was that the last one? We have uh, one more. Okay. Jonesy's Jones uh, ready to lose it right now. We got to speed this up. Lose it. I'm good. I, am, I might be doing a little dance. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the um, Jim Lind, the one Jim Lind, writes us an email. The Kurgan uh, to my Connor McLeod. Paper Kegma Chameleon. He, he addresses us. I just finished reading the English translations of the three award-winning Snowpiercer graphic novels. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, so I just went whole hog. As I was reading the book, I was pretty sure I didn't like it. They spend a lot of time world-building, so it was probably Dale's cup of tea. I got to the twist ending, and I wasn't impressed. I put it down and tried to get to sleep, but couldn't because I was busy analyzing characters, their motivations, and how everything ultimately turned out. I'm still not convinced if I had actually liked it or not, but I was busy fretting over how things turned out instead of sleeping, so at the very least, it had made an impact. I'm curious to see how the film plays out. The second Snowpiercer book, published by Titan Comics, is a combination of the second and third volumes of Snowpiercer. I was curious how they'd attempt to continue the story, and they did so in the worst possible way. Uh, there's uh, some spoilery information in parentheses. Uh, there was a second train full of last survivors on Earth that nobody knew about. I trudged on. Boom. <laughs> so people who may have seen or read Snowpiercer know what that means. The second volume ended in a twist that wasn't very interesting, and I didn't really care about the characters. The third volume went along well enough, but about two-thirds of the way jumped the shark like it was nobody's business. The twist at the end of the third volume had been telegraphed way too early. I recommend reading the first volume of Snowpiercer and pretending that the cash grabs that followed never existed. Letter column lightning round. Lumberjanes number one. It was free on Comixology. The book promises so much fun, I'll buy the special edition hardcover if it ever exists. Signed, at Jim Lynn for Pope. P.S. I'll probably break the streak by mentioning it, but episodes of the podcast that start with the terrible impersonations tend to keep that goofball vibe and lead to highly enjoyable listening experiences. I think it kept up because I did that amazing Daniel Day-Lois before the show started. Oh, it was. And it was, it was live on YouTube, so it counts. Okay. Can you do it again Good. for us real quick? I will feed you. <laughs> Still I <laughs> I read, uh, I briefly read over his email when it first came in, and I thought that it was amazing timing. I thought he referenced the book that we're doing next week. And I was like, wow, what are the chances he read Lady Snowblood? Oh. <laughs> uh, that we'll be doing for the next episode. And I was like, wow, what are the, what are the chances? And I didn't really read his email i guess <laughs> yeah you saw snow and you just went nuts, i was like assuming. snow snow blood snow wow this is great jim lind <laughs> great work <laughs> let me just flag it never look at this again that's that is how i read non-work related items on my phone i guess he's like my people will read this to me live on the era <laughs> on the era he felt that to himself though on the quiet car he wouldn't dare say that out loud on the quiet car no you gotta make sure that your headphones aren't too loud and you just got to go with the flow in that car. Go with the flow. Fun story. Fun day today. Going to get to work early. Got up. It's, took the 730 train. 
Amtrak signals down. Didn't get to work until nine ten. <laughs> oh man, it's New York. Bright lights, big city. So were you late to your cereal and cereal meeting? Or how no, no, that, that took go? place at that oh, took place at ten o'clock actually. Oh, so yeah, I was don't. well on time for that. Right. Hold, he hold was, the VP's calls. He's got to eat some cereal. He wanted to get some work done before that, Jonesy, and he couldn't. Yeah. Duh. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>
during the holidays, I'm going to leave your name off that group text. And you just <laughs> oh, do whatever man. you need to do. <laughs> Jonesy is God's gift to us, Dale, but, and you need to realize that. <laughs> God's but gift. isn't But, okay, I understand iTunes radio, but it's not like on-demand listening. It's not. It's for no. discovery. Right. I, I, I use it for discovery. I'm tired. Sometimes I just tired of listening to my own library. Yeah. It's all the same I can appreciate stuff. I, I use, uh, you know, not to suit Spotify source. Spotify has something similar, so I just use it since I, already, since I use the app already. But mm-hmm. I do... Uh, Noted Spotify apologist, Dale yeah. when I'm Because when I'm using what, my phone to listen, I'm usually listening to podcasts or audiobooks, so... And you know, you know, I download those, so that's not really a whole lot of data hogging going on because it's already downloaded to my device or whatever, mm-hmm. and not stream. You know, I'm not struggling in the backwoods of South Southern New Jersey, and there are dead zones everywhere. Verizon, Dino's mobile Wi-Fi, help you. <laughs> Dino's, out. I got, I got to drive next to Dino and his and his mobile Wi-Fi to get me home. <laughs> It's got an ice cream ice cream truck with a satellite on it. This will follow you around. <laughs> Dino. What, I mean, what is out there? It have, have you looked at like coverage graphs? Is Verizon apparently good out there? Or are they just known to be bad? Verizon is pretty excellent. About a mile and a half down the street from me. <laughs> is there like is Sprint or T-Mobile good where you're at, or is it just all bad? Um, Sprint's bad. Right where I'm at, it's my house. Really, it's like the, a mile radius in my around my house. AT and T coverage map looks pretty good. Mm. Um, I would AT and T. I would look to my my wife is in a contract right now, but we have right now a Verizon signal booster in our house because we have zero Verizon coverage. So when our power goes out, we have zero cell service. So. <gasps> Do you pay we, extra for that, or do they just give that to you? They gave that to us because we threatened to just... We demanded to be canceled because Verizon didn't work, and they, like, sent an engineer out, you know, to sit in front of our house with, like, in, a, in his car and stuff, and he's like... He, yeah, I think, So they just gave us the, the signal booster. I can't remember if we talked about this before, and I tried to remember what my service was like at your house, because I have AT&T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty it's good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good to your place. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we would probably look to switch, you know. And now people are going to like say, "Oh, AT and T, you can't use AT and T." Yeah, everyone's going to be giving you AirPods. Oh, T Mobile, you got a big T Mobile yeah. deal. You got to use Dale. Come on, I'm telling you, you got to go unlimited. It's not a data hog. So, uh, so and how, how does that person even know? They're probably so dumb they don't know what data means. <laughs> I mean, listen, Jonesy, your S's. track record of technology, yeah. on, Jonesy, information is a black hole. It's like you accept that information yourself, except when you can't, and you have to defend it. You have what? To defend it's, Matthew, it's Matthew McConaughey journeying into a black hole. That is any time anyone asks you about. Hey, like hey, you, you anything. openly admit your tech. Yeah, it's not. It's lack. not good. Okay? Yeah, but except, except when you need to defend it. When and a trusted friend tells me something, I accept it, even though I have no founded data to back that up. <laughs> I, I would love telling the story, but I remember when we were younger in high school, Jonesy was looked to for that computer information. Me? Everyone trusted Jonesy wow. as I don't know. the I don't go-to computer. Uh, maybe no one trusted you, but you acted as the go-to <laughs> computer knowledge 
uh, source. You know what and I looking was looking back. The only computer thing I was really great at is we use a, a program at work called a Compass. Napster. And uh, you can forecast air cans into uh, aircraft around the country. And it was question and answer based DOS program, and I excelled <laughs> at it quite. I mean, I was, was good at this it. This was two months a, ago. It's about the limit of my technology greatness is that I can. Uh, you need an air can forecasted anywhere in the country to an aircraft that could be in the sky. I know how to do that. And that's about it. That's about the extent of what I can do. I had to reboot the computer twice to get GarageBand to work tonight.